Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're here for Good Omens, Season 2, Episode 4, The Hitchhiker. Written by Neil Gaiman and John Fenimore. Directed once again by Douglas McKinnon. The mini episode we got, Nazi Zombie Flesh Eaters, was directed by him as well, but written by Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman. I have to admit, this is probably my least favorite episode in the series thus far. And as such, this review is probably not going to be very long. There was a lot of slapstick humor, which you're either a fan of or you're not a fan of, such as when they go after the store clerk and as they're eating his brains... They show the the dolls with the imitation of, with the red streamers. It is a certain genre type. I think that the people doing this episode probably had a lot of fun. The creativity was there. And I've seen other renditions of how you can play with hell and what it can signify, what kind of tortures you can come up with in other series such as Preacher. They had a continuous hell cycle and that ended up being probably the worst storyline out of that entire series. And thus, maybe that's just a trend. (laughs) One I cannot subscribe to. Now, some of the things that were in hell, some of the, the the PA announcements and the billboards in the back, the whole cinematography of it all, I thought was was good, was fun. There just wasn't much in the actual story that really pulled me or engaged me in any level. And while I Riley smiled at a few things here and there, for the most part, I was left a little underwhelmed. Before we do jump into uh, my review for the most part, because I'm probably not going to do scene by scene, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. And if you want to send feedback for Good Omens or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. Azarafel and Shaxx meet for the first time. She's the aforementioned hitchhiker. She does disguise herself at first, oh, be an angel, and immediately goes on the offense. She wants to know about him and Crowley. You don't seem as tight. <laughs> you serious? She's here because she wants to know where Gabriel is. She does a little back and forth, but Azarafel ends up outing that Crowley has nothing to do with What's going on with Gabriel? I don't even know that man, which is a blatant lie. Because 
she tells him gabriel hates you when he brings up why would he go to gabriel he hates gabriel or why would he go to crowley he hates him so that pretty much leads to the bookend of the episode but before we get there we get to go back in time to one of my favorite episodes as we already know which is hard times back in london 1941 this ties into the line that shaq said in the car which was i remember hearing 80 to 90 years ago that you two were an item so the idea that hell would consider them romantic and they haven't even acknowledged that is pretty hilarious and she mentions a poor 4-4 or fur 4 that no one believed him and now he's somewhere doing acquisitions we transition to hell back in the past those three nazis that died were able to make their way to his line but before they could drop the tea that they know he decides to go for a fire cooler break those shoots seem too fun to be in hell because i would love to go down them (laughs) till i realize it's probably a fairy lake or do you say fiery lake i think that's the preferred method hello have a miserable eternity we would like to apologize for the weight and the conditions but we won't i love that hell is essentially the dmv these are just some of the sayings that are coming out of the speaker system poor uh fur for indeed <laughs> he needs to take a break because he has processed 42 men named otto today Shax tells him, hey, if you come across any demons up to some good, why don't you drop me a line? I can get you in front of the hell council. And then you can help me out later, later long in your career. So they're all trying to grease the pipeline up in the hell department. And you got to do it by outing other people is my guess. That's quite the accountability system. And it also speaks to why certain demons get certain placement, but that feels like a rabbit hole they didn't quite answer and might be in the books. I do like that the grapevine is called the hell vine. Furfor learns of Crowley being on consecrated ground by the three Nazi victims and that he was with an angel called Mr. Fell that sabotaged some evil deeds being done. Today is your lucky day. Which leads us to what happened after Zarafel realized that or simply gave in to the fact that he was absolutely in love with Crowley. They go see Mrs. H and all of her bottles are broken and she ain't trying to hear nothing from this cheeky sod. I would have gone with cheeky bastard. 
about how a bomb <laughs> went off by his car. Azarafel jumps at the chance to practice his horrible magic when he hears that the magician that she hired was arrested for desertion. And the way that he was waving that handkerchief, I can absolutely believe that Michael Sheen would have been a drag queen in another life. Furford tasked the three Nazis with 24-hour passes to go back up top as zombies to find him hard proof that their accusations against Crowley working with an angel are true. He has a miracle blocker good for 30 minutes and says that if you aren't successful, well, if you are successful, you'll be released from hell. However, if you're not, because you're Nazis as <laughs> seen via one of your comrades over here you'll be eaten by a spider shat out as fecal matter reconstituted as a Nazi headed fly with the process repeating itself for all eternity and it is good to see that Nazis in fact do get what they have coming in this universe some other good signs in the background heaven looks down on you because you're pathetic this office has gone 13 no five no zero days without anyone saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions Furfor tells them as zombies they're gonna have a bloodlust for human brains just keep going once they get back to earth they immediately kill someone because they're hungry then walking around like zombies all of that i just it 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 didn't work they go to the dirty donkey to spy on the bookshop inside the bookshop it turns out that the one guy was actually reading lips just fine it's just the stupid things that come out of Zarafel's mouth when he's doing his abracadabra Azarafel is excited to perform on West End. Curly doing the the cowboy accent. I thought that was actually pretty funny, but not in a ha-ha way, just in a that's pretty talented, Mr. Tennant. <laughs> of course he ain't down for that coin trick and tells him that he needs to go to the magic shop. And while Crowley or my apologies Zarafel can be very naively sweet I kind of thought this was a little step too far oh you have to be a true conjurer to go into that shop well you sir are motherfucker he can do magic okay he can do actual shit he was there at the dawn of time no <laughs> he should not have had to get a pep talk about how he's a real magician to go into a fucking bootleg ass magician shop. He's he's showing you tricks with fucking rope. What get out of here? And they laugh when he's like, "Are you sure you're sure?" Yes, yes. I want that. You're not gonna change my mind. I want the gun. I want the bullets because that's gonna be a showstopper. He does say you need to find a marksman you can trust absolutely, and of course, this is nice 
to showcase that Seraphel trusts Crowley absolutely 100% with his life. He also, the angel, is the one that has experience with guns. <laughs> and it has one in one of his books in case he gets into a scrap. And then we get the magic show, which was pretty much, I felt like the audience at that moment. Now, if I'm to understand correctly, he he shot a little to the right and then he opened his mouth and he had the bullet and he couldn't use his miracles and neither could Crowley. So did they simply do a sleight of hand? Because we saw the bullet clearly hit into the wall behind Mrs. H. And then she was like, oh, for fuck's sake, girls, get out of there. Get out there and show some titties. <laughs> Who wants to see a magic show while we're getting bombed by the Germans? I understand the moonshine. I even understand the women. But the magic show is just where I I, I never had a, as a form of uh, entertainment growing up to reference at all. There was a nice moment at the end. Well, of course, we get the whole, you know, 4-4 coming in and being like, you may not know me, but he does. Actually, I don't know you at all. <laughs> we were in the same Legion together. I was right next to you. I don't give a fuck. I'm not sure he needed to show them the proof. This That's the kind of... Uh, they had those types of things, like right when he tried to twist the ring that he was given to summon Forfer from Hale. I'm going to say his name backwards 40 times because for fuck's sake. And then he ended up pressing the wrong one. Then instead of just showing them, hey, I have a proof of you two together working together. You're going to hand him the envelope with the picture in it. That's your only proof. And you saw that Zarafel did a sleight of hand so when he goes back to the hell council he looks like boo boo the clown because he does not have any proof and this is how they helped each other out of a scrap in the past and you get those lovely words of I knew you would come through for me you always do but you see them kind of not argue but disagree on their level of grayness because you see that instead of them uh wanting to step into each other's you were a little bit kinder or you were a little less kinder they simply want the other to fit into their their idealism and so I think that's going to be a point of contention going forward, maybe possibly in season three, if we get a season three, we should, based on everyone who wants it. But of course, we know there's the writer strike right now. And if we do get a greenlit season three, it will not be for a, for maybe a year or two before we would even get content. So there is that. But that is, I think, one of their unresolved 
hurdles for the romantic tension that exists between them. We end the episode with Shaq's going to Beelzebub, Lord Beelzebub, and saying, I know where Gabriel is. They tried to make us think he was in Indeberg, but I think he's actually in uh, the bookshop. And Shaq wants to send a legion along with herself to retrieve him and put Gabriel before their master, Satan. Someone we very briefly met, right? Yeah, he came out of the the he came out of the ground and we saw him very briefly. <laughs> but he hasn't been as much of a character in this. So I'm I'm really curious how they're going to expand this world out past what even the book has done cuz everything from the book was wrapped up season 1. So now they have a lot more leadway to go with and I think I heard I'm pretty sure I heard that this was pretty much the interlude between that and what is going to be going on in season three I'm looking forward to our penultimate episode because it's entitled the ball and because I love me a ball it's sure to be up my alley if you want to send feedback, leckercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black or magic. Winning real hard, winning.